hot out there, right? Johnny Angel, Johnny Angel, you're an angel to me. Johnny Angel, how I love him. He's got something that I can't resist. But he doesn't even know that I exist Johnny Angel, how I want him How I tingle when he passes by Every time he says hello My heart begins to fly I'm in All the fellas call me up for a date, but I just sit and wait. I'd rather concentrate on Johnny Angel. Oh, I love him, and I pray that someday he'll love me, and together we can see how lovely heaven.
Okay, remember the George Bettinger, um, if you want to help his family out of recent passed away, please go to George Bettinger on Facebook or George Bettinger, and there's a GoFundMe that his family can really use to help everyone. So if you could please go there, it would be greatly appreciated. So George Bettinger, and uh, here's a friend of George Bettinger's too. Okay, Com- comedian Dave Koenig. So, I was a lousy Jew, but, 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 but I never fit in with the other Jews who were also lousy Jews. See, I knew so many Jews my whole life who were lousy at being Jewish, but it didn't seem to bother them. They never went to temple, they, they didn't fast on Yom Kippur, they were atheists. They, they were Jews only in the sense that they lived on the Upper West Side, bought their bagels at H&H, read the New York Times, and once a month had brunch at Barney Greengrass and ate pastrami. <laughs> so like cafeteria Catholics, they were delicatessen Jews. <laughs> Except the Koreans moved in, took over, there's no more delicatessens. So they're actually Korean fruit stand Jews. <laughs> <laughs> I apparently look Irish. I have no idea how this happened. It doesn't help that I have rosacea, so my face is always flush, like the Irish. Their face always flush because they drink. That's not racist, that's just a statement of fact. Please, if you take only one thing away from this show, let it be that. All Irish drink. So, see, I wanted to be a good Jew, but I also never fit in with the Jews who are good at being Jews. See, with them, it was like, uh, it was like they all spoke a secret language I didn't understand. Actually, they did. It's called Hebrew. (laughs) But still, I would try. I would try. When I was single, every year, alone in my apartment, I would light a Hanukkah menorah. And then, just to complete the ritual, I'd feel obliged to buy myself a Hanukkah present. (laughs) Which is not only sad, but a little awkward. Because invariably, I'd I'd buy myself the wrong thing. like a tie and a pattern I already had. Then, I married an Irish Catholic. I proposed to her on Christmas Eve in Rockefeller Center, underneath the biggest Christmas tree in the world. And I told her if we had kids, she could raise them Catholic. Because I know how to woo a Gentile. (laughs) So we had kids, and, and we raised them Catholic. Which actually works out fine, that's fine. Except, I think my kids might be a little anti-Semitic. Just a little. You hear comments, I don't want to make a big deal. The other day, my four-year-old son asked me if I'd buy him his own real car, you know? I thought that was kind of cute. I said, no, Dad, he can't do that. That would cost too much money. You know what he said? He said, you people. That's all you ever think about. My kids built a clubhouse in the backyard. I asked if I could join. My eight-year-old pulls me aside. He says, look, if it're up to me. (laughs) The other day, I told my kids to turn off the TV. When I left the room, I swear one of them said, see, I told you they control the media. (laughs) Also, as a kid, it did seem to me that the Gentile kids had much better holidays than the Jewish kids. Oh, yeah, no, no. It all goes back to Christmas and Hanukkah. Every kid growing up knows Hanukkah can't compete with Christmas. First of all, what is Christmas? Oh, it's only the biggest birthday party in the world. What is Hanukkah? Eh, the 
the Syrians were trying to kick our ass, so for eight days we hid in the temple. It's essentially a festival of hiding. <laughs> Every Jewish holiday is the same. The entire history of Judaism, thousands of years of getting our ass kicked. On the rare occasions is the day we didn't get our ass kicked, that's a holiday. <laughs> Passover. Was trying to kick our ass, so we put some lamb's blood on the door, and the angel of death got confused, so we fled into the desert, where we got lost for 40 years, and nobody could find us, so they couldn't kick our ass. Okay, happy Passover. Enjoy your bitter herbs and horseradish. <laughs> Yom Kippur. Hey, tell you what you do. For one day, you don't eat anything. Then you'll be so weak and headachy from hunger, maybe people will feel sorry for you. For one day, they won't kick your ass, okay? <laughs> Happy Yom Kippur. Enjoy your delicious nothing. Hanukkah. Eh, for eight days we hid in the temple. They couldn't find us. They couldn't kick our ass. Oh yeah, what happened on the ninth day? On the ninth day they found us. They kicked our ass. Okay. Happy Hanukkah. Go play with your dreidel. That's another thing. Christmas. Presents, toys, gifts, money orders, cash, appliances. Hanukkah. What do you get? You get a dreidel. What's a dreidel? It's a top. It's a disappointing present for a kid of any age. Oh, we try and jazz it up with a big musical number, right? Dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. You get that? You get the angle? You don't even get the dreidel. You get a lump of clay. They tell you, go make your own dreidel. Hanukkah. It's a Hebrew word. You know what it means? Loosely translated. It means the Irish kid who lives next door is getting a new bike. And you're not, Shlomo. Obviously, I had given the subject a lot of deep theological thought. I began to consider the possibility of converting. I was, well, I was attracted to the, uh, the camaraderie of Catholicism, as depicted in such motion pictures as The Godfather and The Godfather II. I wasn't the first Jew in show business to convert to Christianity. There was, uh, there was Bob Dylan and all right, I was the second Jew in show business to convert to Christianity. Bob Dylan, of course, wrote Blowing in the Wind. I wrote the following joke. I wonder if strippers have a recurring dream where they suddenly find themselves at work with all their clothes on and no one staring at them. <laughs> Here you had the Catholic Church, an institution known for completely controlling the message, going against character, and attempting to produce talk radio, a medium that thrives on the free and unfettered exchange of ideas and dialogue. As their morning show host, they've hired an opinionated, loudmouth Jewish comic, going against character, and attempting to be a good Catholic. Gee, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> To make myself more comfortable, I, I started booking all my comedian friends to come on the show. Here's a partial list of some of the comedians I had on the show. Jackie Mason, <laughs> Freddie Roman, Stewie Stone, Corey Kahaney, Susie Essman, Brad Zimmerman, Michelle Ballin, David Steinberg, Maya Ed Koch, Alan Zweig Bell. Basically, I booked every Jew at the Friars Club. <laughs> David Brenner came on the show. He told us all about being a young Jewish boy growing up in a tough Irish Catholic neighborhood in Philadelphia. 
One day he's walking down the street, and this big Irish kid comes running out of a church. He runs up to Brenner, punches him in the nose, knocks him flat on his ass. Brenner looks up, he says, what the hell did you do that for? Kid says, because your people killed Christ. Brenner says, wait a minute, first of all, that was like, that was like 2,000 years ago. Kid says, yeah, I know, but I just found out about it today. <laughs> After a while, Condal Egan's agent got a little nervous about me. He said to me, we don't mind you having all your comedian friends on the show, but don't you at least know any Catholic comedians? So I booked Lisa Lampanelli. I told her to keep it clean. It was a short interview. We would have Catholic celebrities on the show, but usually by accident. I booked, I booked Richard Simmons to come on the show. I thought that'd be a hoot. Richard Simmons on the Catholic channel? Well, it turns out Richard is a devout Catholic. He told us all about his vast collection of little tiny baby Jesus dolls. Apparently Richard Simmons has hundreds and hundreds of little tiny baby Jesus dolls. We were all surprised to hear that Richard Simmons had hundreds of baby Jesus. Actually, no one was surprised to hear that Richard Simmons had hundreds of baby Jesus I, I was out of options. I mean, what club would take me in now? I could become a Jew for Jesus. They're actually quite nice. I was talking to one before the show. I was rushing to get down here. I was running a little late. Woman stopped me on the street. She said, excuse me, sir, I must talk to you. I'm a Jew for Jesus.
radio. Sugarcane and don't complain, don't explain. 
she was bilingual, she could speak two languages at the same time. So when I was growing up, I had no idea what she was saying. Just turned to me and started screaming, listen, mira, no era Mom wisdoms that she used to give me, these mom wisdoms that are cliche, they're cliches! As she called them, Mira Nazi, you read this way, cliches! It's going to change your life! The cork doesn't fall far from the bottle! <laughs> you got to take the beat with the honey! Every clown has a silver lining! <laughs> you know, uh, she was strange, strange. She didn't give me good advice, but funny husband, she got me to ask you, manage like a chump. Pick out a good one, break it in, and stay away from the cheap ones, they never last. So I married Gucci Loco with a cushion sole. <laughs> Together we have a man child, his name is Michael, his Cherokee name is Run with Scissors. <laughs> I want to be there to answer all the little boy questions. I'll never forget, he's just so cute, always asking me about things, and, and I want to be honest with him. And so, um, you know, I, I didn't know how to tell, because when I was a little, my mom brushed my hair, was really curly, I'd go, ow, ow, and she'd go, where? If you think that hurts, how do you expect to have a baby? So, <laughs> for the longest time, I thought having a hairbrush had something to do with having the baby. Now, with that in mind, I found a little-known Irish reproduction ballad that explains it all. And if you could just help me with this, okay? When I go like this, you go, hmm. There was a young sperm from the land of Testes near the Isle of Scrotum. All the sperm swam upstream. But one special lady swam the fastest in search of his chromosome dream. She'd only one X and X in the Y to make a dream come true. So in he plunged the cervix, yeah, up the uterus too, up the uterus too. The river rose and he could tell that she was in the mood. A journey she'd undertake, down the fallopian tube. Many had surrounded her, but only one would get in. So in he plunged with a manly grin. No? No? That's an affirmative? No! Okay, alright, we'll move 
further away too. Sorry, Mike, you're kind of cute. Okay. All right. So you're a chef. You like basketball and music, organic food, and she's not your girlfriend. Good to know. What coincidence, Mike? I happen to have written a song about your life, and it goes like this. <laughs> Cheers. Whoa. 